Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said have been known today in the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Okay, and we're on. So. All right. Here we are recording in mm-hmm. Scrotum Sound. Now, Omar, yesterday we had kind of a, a hiccup, and uh, I'm going to do my best to make sure I don't pocket that. Yes, I think it would be podcast. best to take your telephone and put it to the side. Okay. But that's okay. Things like that happen, Leonard. That. We're... We're human, you know. Things happen. It's all right. I forgive you. I'm a very forgiving person. Yes, you mm. are. I have to agree. Okay. Um. Well, that being said, today you're going to prove that statement wrong uh, because we're reviewing a movie called Amulet. Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> it so uh go ahead and i mean un- unfortunately i think this was my pick it right? was i had heard of the movie before you mentioned it um and i i, I think what was it no i i think i saw a preview on on youtube and uh, a trailer rather and the um according to what people were saying uh they were they weren't big fans for uh, not a lot of people had seen it from the reviews that were written, the comments on the uh, trailer, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, and (laughs) so the movie, it's kind of strange. It's got some, it's got, um, it discusses, uh, you know, elements of, of rape and um, I guess maybe boldness, bravery, uh, witchcraft. There's definitely a, a a witchcraft element to this, which, all right. So, like we always talk about, so there's going to be spoilers, and thank you for so that. Watch this movie first because we're about to. We spoil can, we're it about for to you. give it all away. So yes, all of it. Absolutely. So you're going to hear it here first. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give that little preamble. There are some heavy themes here too that there will we'll probably touch on. So um, there are themes of um, role reversal. There are themes of um, like you like you said. There's there's um, discussions of rape, and um, so if those types of topics are not topics you wish to hear about you know you may want to just skip over this episode it's not we're not going to dwell on it it's not anything that you have to worry about it's not graphic and if you watch the movie um you won't be taken aback by it it was the scene where that happened was done in such a way that um it 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 reduced the impact of it of that heinous act um it did it enough where you know it's happening and you feel terrible for this woman um, but I, I think we're getting, I'm getting ahead of us. So let's, let's backtrack for a second. And ju- I'll just say that there are, you know, in, important themes that we should be discussing and, uh, and it is discussed here, but, um, I didn't think, well, <laughs> Omar, 
All right. Okay. <laughs> keep me in check, Omar, because I'm going to keep talking I, about it. I know. It. It's so. All right. The movie, as far as production, editing, directing, lighting, all that, it's it's done very well. You could tell it was. You know, there's definitely a budget, but but it you know handled that very well. Um, what I, I the acting was excellent. You know, it was, it was definitely good. Um, the lead actor kind of reminded me of uh, Oscar Isaacs, you know, but with an accent. Alex right, right, definitely resembles uh, Oscar Isaac, I think. I, I, Isaacs or Isaac? I'm not sure. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. I, and it's funny because when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was him. But uh, so this movie is about this guy who's a soldier um, who you know, was partaking in some kind of war. I don't know if it was, um, you know, Bosnia or if it was Chechnya. It was definitely some somewhere in Eastern Europe. He spoke with, um, you know, Eastern European, like a Slavic accent. And um, he, in the, in the war, he's just, uh, he's kind of guarding a post, you know, like uh, kind of insignificant. There aren't too many people there. It's all forest. And so he's not much of a soldier. He's a more of, a, I guess, a scholar. And as he's he's guarding this road, this very, you know, narrow kind of remote, remote location, location. There's, there's a road there. And he runs into this lady who's, you know, running away from, you know, from, from this war, from the, from the conflict. And she's looking to link up with her husband and her daughter who managed to escape. So he takes care of her. And then we fast forward to, I guess, present time in London. And he's uh, taken in um, by this nun who who lets him stay at this house with this lady. Um, And this lady is taking care of her mother, who we never meet. And I mean, there's definitely a sense of dread that, that the the mother's up there. You never see her. She's, you know, just catch glimpses here and there, and then you hear her voice and creepy. And you know, there's definitely this, this dreadful uh, thing going on. And as the story progresses, we don't really. There's no um, elements of. Of, of real terror, you know what I mean? I mean, this kind of uh, co- comes across or it's advertised as a horror movie, but there isn't, uh, you know, enough. You, you need horror moments, you know, you need scary moments, and there's there are none. That's one of the major issues that I, that I you know, have with this film is... There, there's a little bit of an ominous quality to it. it you, know, you know, it starts off he's homeless, and you know, you don't really know much of his background, and he's um, he loses the place that he was squatting in. I guess all of these people are, are turned out of this area, and he finds himself wandering. He goes to a church for sanctuary, and he meets up with this nun, like you said, and uh, she says, "Look, I I have a place for you. I think you you'd find it. Uh, well, they need some help. Uh, this woman Magda is doing this all, all on her own. Her mother is ill. That type of thing. So he goes to this house, and obviously the house is decrepit. It's in decay. 
Um, it's I've absolutely seen better days, but he hasn't been eating, and and it's a it's a, a you know a place where it's warm and dry, and Magda's a, a decent cook. <clears throat> Excuse me, and so he's like, all right, well, you know, I don't have anything else going on, but right away we know that um, this nun who's seemingly helping him is not who she appears to be. And we know that staying in this house, you're better off trying to find some place to squat in in London than than stay here. And you can just look around. By the way, Imelda Staunton is the um you'll recognize her. She plays Sister Claire and you'll recognize her from you know various productions like yes, Harry Potter. And... <laughs> she played right. She played. Um, I don't remember the name from Harry Potter. Uh, my niece will tell you. Um, yes, Umbridge. Who's that Umbridge, character yeah. is, is like one of the most hated characters. Like she played such a villainous role that she did did she an really excellent did. job, and she was actually really good in this too. Yep. Um, she is good in this, and she has um, a certain. Even when she's trying to be friendly, there's an undercurrent of of um, mm-hmm. malice to mm-hmm. her role that I find enjoyable. But she was in a bunch of great films. She was even in Downton Abbey. She was in Shakespeare in Love. She's always good in what she does, and um, so she's good here too. And like we said earlier, the acting is is really good. Um, and I just wish they had something more to chew on, you know, just more juicy, um, dialogue or, um, something that would drive the plot forward. It felt like, and we discussed this a little bit, um, you know, slow burn. I, I love a slow burn film, um, when it, you know, takes the time to develop a story, but there's a creepiness or an edginess to the story that really, you know, keeps you interested on the edge of your seat you're like what's gonna happen next that's great and there's none of that here there's just um, there's there's little there's not of that enough here, of a payoff I and there's say. not enough to keep like again you need some scenes of terror and i mean there's one about like what i did text you i said 35 minutes in there's a turn <clears throat> with the toilet yeah and and i was just like whoa what's happening here um but right it doesn't right. follow through enough there's not that from that point there should have been more of a build-up of terrifying things happening and there was a little bit of a, of a reveal like the, like you said around uh, maybe you know 45 minutes into it he um, you, you're, you're exposed to her mother, you know, and she, and he sees what's going on and what she's dealing with and what the mother looks like. And then you, it's kind of revealing. He's like, why didn't you tell me, you know, how come you're, you're keeping this a secret? This is horrible. You should get, you know, the, 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 the young woman Magna is attacked by the mother. Uh, she tries to strangle her to death. Uh, at one moment, uh, later on, uh, in, in the scene, she's almost uh, stabbed in the eye with whatever she had, mm-hmm. a wire or something. She tries to stab her daughter through the eye. So there's, um, you know, you're, you're led to believe that this, that the mother, there's obviously something wrong with her. Um, mental illness, the mother thinks that she's ready to die. So there's a lot going on with this, um, with the story, you know, but there's, um, it just, it just really, it has no direction, right. this film. And I, I really feel like I'm waiting for something else to happen. And they, they put you into this place where this the house itself could be terrifying because of how it looks. And it's, you know, like, 
these dark stains on the ceiling and he's trying to help her clean the house and he uncovers you know some of this old um plaster that's falling off and he finds this symbol of a shell and and it's like a spiral shell and he says oh this is he falls from the ladder and gets hurt and he's terrified of this thing and and he seemingly just knows of the shell is uh, a, a, a talisman or something that they use to ward off evil. And so, you know, they, we find out that there was a, a, the house was inhabited by a man previously or family, and there's all of the clothes and all of the things that are in this house. Most of them belong to the previous tenants. We don't know what happened to that person. Um, so these little things are, you know, these ominous bits of information are revealed, but they don't really go anywhere. And they, you know, the, these two, you know that the characters are going to end up falling for each other or this man falls for her. And he's he's a very lost figure. He does a good job of playing this character of, you know, I, he was in a war. Maybe he's seen some things. And then uh, his story is told in flashbacks about what happened to him and how he goes from... Uh, meeting this woman in at his post when he's a soldier and he helps her and takes care of her he gives her a coat and gives her a place to stay he cooks food for her um, until she's feeling better he basically cares for her to you know to this point and then she's ready to leave to go find her daughter and husband and now suddenly he's like don't leave me you know don't run you know, don't leave. I don't want you to go. I'm taking care of you. I can protect you. And she's like, no, I have to go. And so he says, no, don't run. And so, of course, she turns around and runs. And then we see him run after her. And that's when he just pulls her down into the high grass and then rapes right. her. And I just felt like you, yeah. It just felt like he, he pigeon, like the character was pigeonholed. Like, of course, he's gonna rape her because he just spent uh, an in, you know, uh, indefinite amount of time, you know, uh, protecting her, caring for her, and making sure that she was safe, cooking for her, you know, over the course of you know days or whatever the time was. Never laid a hand on her, but the moment she decides, hey, I need to leave because I got to go find my kid, my family. Now he's just suddenly going to prevent her from leaving and rape her. It just seemed very, just yeah, out of exactly. There like was out of left it, it field. just like I was, I was telling Lenny earlier because you know we we're talking about this. Yeah, I think it would have been more, more compelling perhaps if some other soldiers appeared and perhaps. They're the ones who raped her, and he didn't do anything to stop them. I think that would have shown some kind of weakness of character. I think it would have been more more of a compelling story. And yeah, because then it shows you him. He's a weak person. He's he lacks the conviction to stand up for this woman that he just spent all this time protecting. Right. But then he allows these his fellow soldiers to have their you know to to rape her at that point and you made a great point it was now you're creating a depth of character where it just doesn't seem yet he's put into this position of having to rape her it would have made his character later on we see how he's ineffective in in combating this old woman seemingly this, you know the seemingly <laughs> right. frail on the or on the verge of death um, woman and he crumbles and he says you know and he tells Magda I'm sorry I couldn't do it because Magda he and Magda had spoken and 
you find out that the woman, the the old woman, is actually uh, a demon, and Magda was charged by this nun and and the sect, um, you know, and she's there as a keeper for this demon in this house to to ensure that it doesn't spread its evil. Um, so you know the, that's the big reveal, and then we find out even more so that. That that demon creature that's up there giving birth. There's a birthing scene. A horrific of, birthing scene. Uh, it is. It's really it's nasty looking. I mean, um, and so I thought, like I said, you know, there are moments where, hey, this is this is good. This is atmospheric and it's great, but there's not enough of them. So at that big reveal, it also um, flips gender roles around. Um, we find out that the the man who was in this house was actually the woman. Um, it's you know she's, you know he's so decrepit and at, at the end of his life, you can't even tell that if it's a man or a woman. It's in a it's in this shift, um, and so he's actually giving birth to these creatures, these bat like rats, um, you know that they kind of. Um, you know, are the representation, the physical embodiment of evil. And so that she's been, you know, kind of keeping this creature locked up in a room and she's the keeper. So he says, you know, I want to I want to save you. I want to protect you. So they have him. She hands him a knife and she says, you know, what if you can't do it? And he said, no, I will. And then he fails. And he says, I'm so I'm so sorry I failed you. You know, and uh, and she, <laughs> we realize that she's actually in control. And I do like the fact that they flip the roles here. He's timid. He's weak. And she is the strong character. Magda is, is right. the strong one. And she possesses all the power and control. And then we see that his presence here was, was you know, planned out and that the, 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 you know, Sister Claire is actually she she appears as a witch, and this seems a very witchy thing that's going on here. And they're not you know part of the church, but they are in control and, of this uh, demon. Now, here's here's the thing that was kind of confusing. And uh, all right, so the movie is called The Amulet, and there is an amulet involved. It's some kind of ancient. Um, I don't know. It could have been uh, some kind of mother goddess uh, sculpture, you know, possibly uh, Neolithic or whatever. And at one point, he finds it hidden, you know, buried under the earth, right? He's the one who discovered it, if I remember correctly. He finds it when he's yes. a soldier and he's in the woods at his post and he finds And then he this gives amulet. it or shows it to the woman that he eventually rapes. Correct. Then it, remind me again what what ended up happening to the amulet. She didn't. I think he took the amulet with him when he went right. back to London after the war was over, and so he's back in London and he kept the amulet this whole time. And he shows Magda when he's in the house and they start to become closer. He you know shows her this amulet, but the the amulet never really um other than the symbology of this neolithic right this this um mother figure um she's got kind of a fan um uh, behind her head and she's got no eyes you know it's an odd looking um character um caricature or um you know myth- mythological symbol of a of right a female right form. it reminded me uh reminded me a little of the um 
I think the Angel of Death and the second um, Hellboy movie, you know, with the skull, you know, with that oh, because yeah. of the fan on the head. So, yeah. um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I could see that. Yeah, that's a close Right, and then also uh, there's a, a part where the Magda character is dancing. And, uh, we're, you know, I, I reminded Lenny of, uh, the scene where Elaine Bennis dances in, uh, <laughs> in Seinfeld. Yeah, so for those Seinfeld fans, uh, you, you remember the, uh, the scene with Elaine dancing with at the, the party. the and the kicking. And you know how, what a, oh my God. So the main character of Magda is, um, she's the Elaine Bennis of this horror film. So there's a couple of dancing scenes and she's really yeah. just fantastic. So, yeah, and, and basically... What I was telling Lenny before also is that the, it, in the beginning of the movie, there is a certain subtlety. It's that type of movie initially where, you know, things aren't going to be handed to you. You know, information is going to be isn't going to be handed to you right away or so it seems. OK, it's um, done in a very subtle manner, that type of, you know, European style, you know, writing and, and filming and, and that kind of stuff. But then. At the end, where where the the nun slash witch character sort of explains things, she does it in a very again the writing was kind of poor because she's kind of heavy handed in the way she says it, but at the same time you really don't know what she's talking about. It just doesn't. It's not very clear, yeah. but it's heavy handed at the same time, and so there's this contradiction in the movie where things are so subtle, but then she states what's happening but i didn't understand it i mean yeah it was it was just yeah i don't know i, I just was not very the payoff at the end just wasn't uh, enough for me no and but there are scenes towards the end that i really uh, latched onto, and i thought were were super interesting uh visually where he has this vision where well, first, he and Magda consummate their relationship. They finally are able to, to have mm-hmm. sex. And uh, he has this vision where he's, he, does, he opens a door in the house and there's this massive shell, that spiral shell motif again, where that we've seen this as, um, you know, used as a symbol to ward off evil. And then he walks to the side of the shell to the opening and starts to crawl inside. And the inside is like a womb. And you see it's like these red, you know, kind of like a faintly mm-hmm. glowing walls, pulsing. And he crawls into the back of the shell where he sees this this vision of Magda as this primal mother figure. But she looks like the amulet that he found in right. the earth. And she has this, you know, this the makeup that covers her eyes. And she's completely smooth like this this amulet and this, this fan thing out behind her head. And it's creepy and, and a little unsettling because he's crawling through this womb to get to this mother figure. And it's it at that point, it was like, oh, well, this is finally I'm starting to see something that's, you know, a little chilling. You know, this is this is what I've been waiting for. The scene cuts out. He's sick and, you know, in, you know, and talking He's like what's happening to me. And then it goes it goes from um a scene with he and Magda laying, uh, you know, one, you know, spooning and he's the little spoon. Uh, that's true. Right. So right, they're spooning right. and she's mm-hmm. behind him. 
and I'm not, I'm not, you know, people who are in relationships, they switch spoons, but it was, it right, was explicit. Right. Like she was, she was in charge yes. of him, you know, she yes. was behind him. And I liked the symbology because that's what this movie was doing right. And that, you know, they were trying to take these gender roles and switch them. And, you know, he does this horrible thing that he seems to, you know, she says to him, well, uh, you've forgiven yourself. And so we take that at the point where, you know, you might have forgiven yourself, but I sure as fuck haven't forgiven you, you know, and she's Magda's never encountered the woman that it happened to. But it's almost like she and then we and then we see him sick in another room and it's broad daylight and the woman who plays sister Claire is in the, is in the house and she's dressed well and she looks like she's made up and she's wealthy and we you see her and she is in command and she's very much you know she was explicit at that moment and tells him oh I always hate dressing up as as a, a nun it just doesn't suit me that type of thing and we get the idea that you know finally you know, we find out that he's been duped, yep. duped, and they're in control, and and now he's been you know put in that position of the demon is within him, and this evil is in him, and he's contain you know, and they must contain him. They must figure out, you know, they have to figure out what what the next right. steps are, um, and and I'm like, all right, well, who's gonna watch him if not her? Because he says, I want her. And the old lady was like, well, she already did her penance. You know, she was basically in this house already. She already did, you know, her guardianship and she needs to move on. He's like, no, I want her to be with me. She basically and tells him it's now, not for you to next... choose, you know. Mm. Mm. Right. This isn't up to you. And then at the end, Magda's driving in the car and she goes to this place in, and you're back in Europe somewhere and she brings this um she goes into like a convenience store in a gas station and we see that woman from the flashback scenes who was raped by the main character and she's talking to her and they basically say you know it's you know it's okay you you have to let the past go and uh she's like i have to forget things and and then magda says no you know let the past go but don't ever forget right and she hands her the amulet that he that that the uh, that the guy has had this whole time. It's almost like empowering her. Like you're going to have, you know, the, this primal woman, uh, you know, as a guardian now. You know, like you're going to, you know, have this as a protector. Um, and that's basically what it is. I mean, I think you know this this witch or what have you, you know, is protecting these uh, the world against the evil of men. And that's how I gathered it at the end, because, you know, Magda gets back in the car and she takes, you know, she buys food in this convenience store and it's just shitty convenience store food. And she's like, oh, don't eat that. She goes, I wouldn't give that to a pig. And she's like, oh, well, it's OK. I have the perfect person for it or I have the perfect, you know, someone's going to enjoy this. Something to that effect. And they take she takes the food. And when she gets in the car, she throws it behind her to her, quote, pig, you know. Um, so she's, you know. That that to me, I was like, oh well, he's a male chauvinist pig, you know. So, um, and then you see there's a blanket covering you him, and he fingers, and a hand right, falls out right. from under the blanket. Yeah, and you see his fingers, and they take this crappy, you know, uh, frozen food and and pull it underneath the blanket, and then the right, movie ends. Right. 
So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, the, I could definitely appreciate some of those themes and, and um, you know, especially dealing with witchcraft and, and things like that. But um, I don't know, just certain things. But yeah, there wasn't enough right, of that witchcraft. That's true. That's, that's the thing true. that got there, there to were, me. I think there were certain things that it needed to be, uh, I think, um, like another maybe two, two drafts, uh, you know, with the script. It, it definitely needed some work, in my opinion. We joked earlier, and we were like, "Yeah, Mark Fergus needed to uh, yes need to come on there and do some rewrites for them because you know he uh, well anyway I don't want to denigrate you know but it it seems like it was rushed that there wasn't enough side plot like let's see a little bit more of a connection with Magda and like she's preparing food and he's eating and he can't stop eating this food and he's gorging himself on this food at some point like she makes him these massive bowls and for of, a while I, I was under the impression all right is that like human flesh or something you know I thought maybe it would go in that kind of direction but it wasn't you know and, and and then at the, yeah, there's never and then the at the end she says that she doesn't even like to cook you know that she, she hates cooking and you know I I mean I I think there was definitely um, a feminist theme going on there but I think it was a little too heavy handed in my opinion I I have no problem with feminism at all I I actually consider myself a feminist but it just the the way it was written was a little heavy handed in my opinion. I'm going to agree uh, 100%. And I there are moments of this movie that I do like. Like I said, I love the way it was shot. This was the director's first directing debut. Which is actually so, a pretty solid um, debut. I mean, as far as the directing is concerned, I thought it was really good. You know, the... Yeah, it was very stylish. It had um, a decent tone. And I like the visuals of it. And the people there looked... They looked and acted that they like they were damaged, that they have seen and dealt with things in their life in their lives that were that were terrible. And we see the main character. Obviously, he's going through this turmoil of dealing with, you know, the his actions, the repercussions of his actions. And, you know, um, he's just trying to recover from the mess of being a soldier in conflict and he's also a person a man in conflict with yeah. himself i i kind um, of also just looking back there was a scene where um you know where magda asks him you know what are you what are you writing about and he says philosophy and then he describes to her what philosophy is you know which is a very it's a, he's like mansplaining what philosophy? Yeah, he's right. condescending, and she's like, "I, I know right. what philosophy is." He and he looks at her and, and smiles. And I guess I, I felt like that too, and I kind of chuckled because I do that sometimes, and I know it drives uh, it drives people crazy when I do because I I, 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 I do it too. I do it too, habit. but it's fortunately for me is that I don't just do it with women. I do it with everybody, so it's not like a it's a mansplaining for everybody. Well, I do it too, you know? exactly. <laughs> it's like kind of obvious, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was talking to my buddy the other day, and he and he's like, "Dude, you don't need to mansplain <laughs> to me." Uh, I was like, "Well, I didn't, I didn't know that you lack. You know, I thought you lacked the capacity <laughs> to understand, so I was trying to dumb it down for you, you fuck." Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so uh, you know that at that point, then it really becomes a battle. You know what I mean? But 
<laughs> in this instance, yes, I think there is that moment of where it's funny because you know he is in his manly mm-hmm. role and he's trying to explain. And and she's you know she brings him down a notch and he needs it because I guess you know even at that point as, as weak as he is and as broken as he is um, you know he's still trying to be a man and it's not working right. you know what I mean she doesn't even give him you know and at that point she doesn't you know she's right in in you know the way she is but she comes across especially in the beginning and throughout the middle, um, you know, the first and second acts. Well, she's not in the first act, but I would say in, in the, um, from the, the, the second act on, she's slowly e- evolving. Like she has the most evolution. At first she's very quiet. She's very reserved. And then by the, you know, towards the end of that second act, she's, you know, a little bit more assertive. She's, um, you know, dancing. And, and, you know, even though it's not very good dancing, she's still dancing. She wants to go out um, and do all these things, and they do. But he's the one that can't handle the things that are going on. He's the one that runs away. And so I, I do like some of these things because a lot of uh, Hollywood tropes would show the man being, uh, you know, very certain, cocksure, for want of a better phrase, um, and and to be in kind of in the controlling aspect of the situation, and it's she's there and she's in that you know controlling the situation. She's deciding what they're gonna do, and he's the one who can't deal with his emotions. And he tries, you know, she kisses him, and they're they're and he can't handle the emotions of that kiss. And all he does is remember the woman that you know he. Um, that he accosted and then violated and he can't, you know, forgive himself at that moment. But he's, he's the one who is kind of stuck in this loop. And those are tropes that they usually attributed to a woman in the past. And I do like her use of gender role reversal in this film. I found it, I found it interesting, but I didn't think there was, there was enough evolution to this or enough of a, um, of a reveal by the end of this film to make it enjoyable. It was too slow, too plodding, and I just really didn't connect with it. I unfortunately, I have to agree. So, uh, with that, <laughs> with that being said, I think we really did a deep dive into this movie. Um, what what is your score? I guess we'll uh, talk about how many bowls of soup or bowls of porridge. Because <laughs> <laughs> she stew, made stew, and it I've got to tell you, he picks mm. that bowl up and drinks the uh, the the stew down. I'm like, oh man, I I could go it for did, a it bowl looked of damn stew good. Right it did now. look that, good. That looked man. good. I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I bet you uh-huh. that's really good. <laughs> so how many how many how many bowls of stew are you so gonna give it? I'm gonna say two and a half bowls yeah. of stew. I'm I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna give it two bowls of stew. I think again. I mean. Yeah, two, definitely two it? balls of stew. I think uh, again, you know, directing's fine. Uh, you know, very good. Acting was really good. Uh, it was just the screenplay, in my opinion, that just really just needed work. Um, All right, just the well, story. Just the story. Yeah, right. And and I give it two. I give it two balls of stew. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's pretty good, you know. Two balls of stew, like uh, you know that that stew looked really good. So two two balls is yeah, good, you're damn five, right. Five would have been five would have been much better, you know. Well, of course, but, that's, uh, I was hopeful un- that this was going to be good because I liked the way it looked. 
Yeah, so. yeah, it definitely, uh, yeah, got, kind of fell short, unfortunately. I mean, I I hope uh, this director is able to follow up with a you know better a better film, uh, a better written film. I I like the way she directed this movie. So yeah, yeah I agree. Absolutely. I'd like to see other other works by her because this is just her first, and uh, mm-hmm. and it's solid. You know, in terms of how it was directed and and the look and feel of it, it just. Like we said, it just kind of fell flat. The story needed more development. Um, so that's where we are at. So um, I hope you guys check this movie out. I think it, I think it deserves to be watched. Um, definitely. I think it, you know, it's got some merit. It definitely does have some merit. Yes. And, and it's good for, you know, critical ideas, especially also for filmmakers. You know, what do the filmmakers think? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so... Check it out. You know, there's a couple of things that we got going on. We're going to be interviewing a few people that um, are steeped with horror. I don't want to give too much of it away, but I we have some... Uh, we're on track to have a bunch of interviews going forward, which I'm excited about. I think it's going to be fun, you know, to get other people in here talking about what they're involved in, talk about how horror and genre in general... Um, you know, affected their lives and what makes them passionate, what what they love to talk about, how they got into it and, you know, how they're making a living out of it or just how, you know, how many hobbies they have that revolve around these things. Um, but that uh, that's on the agenda for the next couple of weeks. I do want to give a couple of shout outs to some friends and, you know, people that we like. So the first one, obviously, is our buddy Cooch, WebVantage.us. That's a, a big deal. So check out WebVantage, LLC, for all of your web hosting and e-commerce needs. Uh, Cooch does an amazing job. He and his team um, are all over um, the newest developments, um, and they will work with you hand-in-hand to develop the website or the e-commerce sites that you're looking for, and uh, he'll do it at a great price. So you should check them out, webvantage.us, and it's webvantage LLC. Uh, and tell them Omar and Lenny sent you. Yeah, tell them that we sent you, and uh, that would be great. Uh, the second thing is Midnight Magazine and our buddy Eric Wright. He is the brainchild behind the um, the magazine. It's it's reminiscent of an old fanzine, and if anyone had gotten into you know fanzines or zines back in the day, whether it was with metal music or um, with horror music, Gore Shriek magazine and things of those uh, of of that type, you should check out Midnight Magazine. Uh, I, I don't think you'll be disappointed. There's tons of movie reviews. There's stories in there, um, you know, fan fiction. There's um, just, um, you know, horror and genre soundtrack reviews. There's just tons of stuff that he jams into, you know, 86 pages of this magazine. Um, and, you know, I think the cover has Emmanuel Taglietti, who's a, a famous Italian um, horror artist. And Taglietti has done uh, some amazing work. And he did the cover art for the new issue of uh, Midnight. So you should go check it out. It's, it's awesome. Um, 
Awesome. Yeah, and the you know I know we're running a little bit late today, but uh, I want to get some of this stuff out. The third and and I think really cool thing is, you guys should check out the brilliantly dumb show. It's another podcast. Um, Robbie Berger is the host of that show, and the guy is awesome. He does a great job uh, with this podcast. His recent episode, I was just laughing because he had Joel McHale on there, <clears throat> and he and Joel McHale were just going going at it. And the banter was hysterical, and uh, that's awesome. Yeah, so check out his uh, his podcast. I think uh, you know he talks about sports, so he's not a genre guy. He's not talking about horror, but he has some great interviews, uh, very interesting personalities that are on there, and um, he's a good guy. So uh, go go check out the brilliantly dumb show. And uh, we're glad you guys joined us again for this episode, and we hope to speak to you soon. So thanks again. We'll see Thanks you around. A lot, guys. Peace out. Later. Later.